Welcome to Know Your Bible, a program presented by the Churches of Christ and devoted to helping you understand God's Word. The Bible is a book inspired by God that contains answers to your questions. The Bible reveals Jesus and explains His sacrifice, contains God's plan for the family, and timeless principles of parenting. Also has the truth about life and death. The Bible contains great financial advice and also answers questions of morality. Join us as we look for answers to your questions and help you know your Bible. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Glad you're back this week and ready to study the Bible with us. We've got uh, a lot of good questions coming up today. Got one about evil spirits, got one about common law marriage, and we're going to try to find answers in the Bible to those and some other interesting questions. It's all we do each week is answer your questions. Uh, if you're a first-time viewer, you may wonder how that works. Well, there's a phone number and a website at the bottom of the screen. Use those anytime to get in touch with us, and basically you direct the program. Whatever you want to ask about, we'll try to find an answer in the Bible to those questions, and uh, hopefully by doing that, we'll all know our Bible a little bit better. So uh, send us some questions, and we'll get to them as quickly as we can. Let me introduce my partner here, Toby Levering. Good morning, Toby. Good morning, Steve. I'm glad you're back and ready to go, and we've got some... Uh, Interesting ones coming up, like I said, but uh, we always give one to our viewers first. Let them answer one question each week. Uh, this one is about a lady in the New Testament named Dorcas. Uh, she was known for one particular skill, kind of famous in her community. So if you know what that was, we'll give you the answer to it at the end of the program. See if you got it right. Uh, Toby gets to start today. You got the first one. Sure. We uh, talk a lot about baptism, get a lot of questions about that on this program, and we try to teach from the Bible. Viewer asks, if immersion is necessary for salvation, what about people on their deathbed? Can they be sprinkled? Uh, well, my answer to that is if they physically can't, and it's just not possible because of their health condition, then that's going to be in God's hands, and He's going to handle that exactly right. Uh, he knows their heart. He knows their uh, sincerity. Uh, he knows the condition of, of uh, their belief in Him and their trust and all of that. Uh, and I can't say exactly what God would decide. We on this program, as we talk about a lot, teach only what the Bible teaches. And you're exactly right. The Bible uh, says that immersion is part of the process. Uh, Jesus said that. The apostles taught that. Uh, that was uh, over and over again done, uh, certainly in the early church and as just as a part of the Christian practice. So we know that was a part of it and certainly what Jesus commanded. But if a person can't, uh, they just are unable, then God's going to have to sort that out. And uh, I always think of, we understand God being the judge. One power a, a judge has is the ability to 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 uh, pronounce clemency and to, to have a you know, to say, I know what this is what the law says, this is what it's supposed to happen here, but as the judge, I have the authority in this case, and here are these circumstances, and because of my authority as judge, I get to make this call. So God has that right just as well, and He will do exactly uh, the right thing. Now, the key word here is can't, and I want to really emphasize that in a question about can't, a lot of people will hear that I'm describing a person who won't. And there's a difference there. Can't Im implies uh, ability, and won't is choice. And a lot of times we get those mixed up, and a person who actually can 
is just stubborn. They don't want to. They don't, that wasn't how they were taught growing up. That wasn't what their pastor taught them or whatever. And uh, they just refuse. And that's the wrong attitude to have, and that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, the Bible is very clear, and, uh, and though God does know the heart, uh, we, we don't want to let exceptional cases uh, become the standard for what we do. And so uh, for the majority of our viewing audience, if you're able to do that, you know you need to do that. You believe Jesus. You trust him at his word that he, this is what he said to do. And you believe the teachings of the, the Bible and certainly in the New Testament. Uh, and you know what to do. Then my question to you is the same question that was to Paul. And that is recorded in Acts 22.16, which we'll read now on the screen. And now... What are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. So if you're ready to do that and you can, you should. Okay. Yeah, good explanation there. Uh, hypothetical questions are difficult. a little, little tricky, and yep. lots, lots of folks try that. They yep. say, well, what if? Yeah. And, okay, in the what ifs, God's going to handle things. Yep. He, he'll, he's not going to make a bad call ever, uh, but that doesn't cancel out what he's yeah. taught us. So yeah. uh, playing with hypotheticals is not a good way to well, and it, determine it doctrine. It may be a very <laughs> sincere person who is watching the program yeah. and they want to do it and so forth. And we're sensitive to that. I under but, understand that. Yep. yep. <laughs> okay, if you wants to know about evil spirits, are there evil spirits in the heavenly realm? Well, my answer is it depends on what you mean by the heavenly realm. Uh, the way the Bible uses the term and the way you might be meaning it uh, might be two different things. If you mean heaven itself, the throne room of God, uh, where he is and the way it's pictured to us, uh, no, I don't think there's any secret agents running around their evil spirits. Uh, they've been cast out and all that. Uh, but if you mean by heavenly realm, the spiritual world, uh, the invisible world. That's the way the Bible uses the term heavenly realms. Uh, yes, there are definitely evil spirits in the spiritual places, in the heavenly realms. And I'll read a verse to you that proves that. Uh, Ephesians 6.12, Paul's talking about this whole topic. And he says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's this earthly, visible world. That's not the problem. Uh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Okay, some other translations uh, are literally what heavenly places is. It's the heavenlies. Uh, I think term I like is the invisible world. The, the the spiritual forces, uh, a spiritual world. Um, I don't think it's necessarily removed from us. I think it's right around us. We just can't see it. Uh, a good story in the Old Testament is the old prophet, uh, his servant walked out and saw all the armies lined up uh, ready to kill the prophet and got all excited and the prophet walked out and he said it's no problem uh, because he could see the invisible world. And he asked God to open his servant's eyes so he could see and behind all of the earthly armies was the spiritual army, uh, the chariots of fire and the, the gang that was ready to protect the prophet. So it, it's right around us. It's just that we can't see it. We're in the earthly. We're in the, uh, this world. And there are spiritual forces 
all around us. So yes, there are evil spirits in the heavenlies or the heavenly places, the heavenly realm. Um, there it is there, and that's who we're battling against. <laughs> okay. Speaking of the spiritual realm, uh, we have a question about that. A viewer wants to know, did God create Satan and the angels, or have they always been there? Uh, well, um, we understand from the first chapter of John that God created all things uh, and that everything that, that we know and that we understand uh, on every level, physical and spiritual, was created by Him. Colossians chapter uh, 1 uh, says that everything in the heavens and the earth uh, were created through Him. So, yes, uh, from that perspective, we must understand that logically Satan uh, is a created being. Now, the history of Satan and uh, fallen angels and all of that is a little bit sketchy from a biblical perspective. Some people use passages from um, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 and, and say that is describing uh, uh, one who fell like lightning and uh, so forth. But when you look at the context of those, it's probably more likely referring to the king of Babylon and the king of Tyre. Could it have a dual meaning? Uh, speculative, speculative there at best. Um, so the Bible just does not say much about how that happened or the timeline or any of that. So we, we're just one of those things that God decides we decided and trust that we don't need to fully understand, and that's okay. Uh, now, angels uh, of themselves are created beings. Uh, they're created, they're at a higher level than human beings. Um, but, of course, they're at a lower level than God and Jesus. Uh, there's a, a hierarchy there. Um, now, amongst the angels, uh, people make all sorts of speculation in terms of how they're organized and how they're... And they just take a few small tidbits that we get from the scriptures and build a whole case and it's semi-interesting, but uh, the, the biblical foundation on which that is built is uh, kind of thin at some point. So uh, the Bible, this doesn't say a whole lot. Here's what we know. Angels are created beings and that they have the ability, how this works exactly we don't know, uh, to choose whether to obey God or not. And some chose to disobey and, uh, and they are punished for that. So um, again, how that exactly all plays out, we're not told. Uh, let's look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. It says, For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. So um, the specifics uh, uh, to your question, we can't really put a timeline on it, but they were created beings and, and uh, they chose to disobey and rebel at some point. And that's why they're no longer with God. And uh, created beings have that choice at some point. Got free will. All righty. Take just a moment and talk about a way that you can study the Bible. Uh, you're obviously interested in the Bible or you wouldn't be still tuned into this program. But uh, studying the Bible on your own is a good thing to do. But sometimes it's a hard thing to do. So we've come up with some Bible study materials that uh, we think are very helpful and uh, a little different way to get to know your Bible better. Uh, we've been offering these for years and thousands of people have taken us up on it and learned a lot about their Bible. You see one course on the screen right now, there's eight lessons in it, uh, and it's just a good overview of the Bible, a good introduction to your Bible. Um, helps you understand the big parts of it. So 
It's a good way to get started. We've got more advanced courses after that that get into more detail of certain books and the life of Christ and uh, lots of things are very interesting. So you can study the Bible for quite a while with Know Your Bible study materials and we're happy to provide those to you absolutely free of charge. All you have to do is call that phone number you see on the screen or log on to the website and there's a place there you can request the course. Uh, absolutely free, no cost to you at all, not even postage. So if you want to take the course, let us know and we'll get it started for you. Uh, interesting question about uh, people who lived before Jesus. A uh, viewer says, what happens to people who lived before Jesus? Uh, they never had the opportunity to believe in him. Well, the reasoning there is pretty good. Uh, Jesus said, I'm the only way to the Father. Uh, you got to believe in me. you got to trust and obey in me, if you will. Uh, and what about people who lived back in Abraham's time and David's time? Uh, no way they could have believed in Jesus. Um, well, before Jesus came, let's break it down into two groups. And depending on which one our viewer is asking about, uh, there was one group of people that had received the knowledge of God. He revealed himself to them. Uh, like he spoke to Moses in the burning bush. He, he appeared to Abraham and told him to leave his homeland and, and all of that. So the people that knew who God was, what the Bible says about them was if they believed God and obeyed what he said, uh, that that counted as righteousness. Okay, uh, Romans 4, 5 says, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him as righteousness. Okay, so that's how they were justified then. Now in the big picture of things, yes, Jesus' sacrifice is what paid for all sins, past, present, and future. And God knew that was coming, so uh, it was kind of retroactive if you want to think about it that way. But the way the Bible explains it is those who found out about God, who heard about him, who knew who he was and did what he said, uh, that counted as righteousness. Uh, Hebrews 11 has a list of people, and uh, every one of them it says they believed God and they did this. Uh, they did what he wanted them to do by faith, and that was counted to them as righteousness. Now, our viewer may be asking about, well, what about folks that never even heard about God? Uh, about the pagans who never got a chance to hear about God, much less Jesus. Well, the Bible talks about that also. And uh, let's just read the passage about that in Romans chapter 2, the way Paul explained it was he called them Gentiles. It was people who hadn't been given the law, who didn't know all the revelation about God. He said, when Gentiles, who do not have the law, by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or excuse them on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. All right, now that's a lot of theology in there, but uh, what Paul is saying is, okay, the Jews, you've got the law, you've been told who God is, you've got a chance to obey him, uh, but there's people that hadn't been told about him, and they have a law written on their hearts, uh, the basics of 
humanity, and we see that in the world. We know that. Uh, we know some things are just right and some things are wrong. Uh, it's wrong to kill other humans. It's wrong to steal. It, we just know that. That's how society works. And Paul says when they don't have the law, they don't know about God, uh, how they conscience reacts to this law written on their hearts, that's what's going to judge them. Uh, that they don't have the law, but by nature, they do what the law requires. So that's the answer, is uh, some folks will be judged that way. Uh, our job today is to tell as many people as we can about the saving power of Jesus, uh, but God's going to sort all that other stuff out. And, uh, he knows who obeyed him. He knows their hearts. Uh, in fact, that last line of that passage there in Romans uh, Paul said they're going to be. He's going to judge the secrets of men. So uh, it's probably going to turn out a little different than some of us think it is, because we see the outside actions and all that. But God knows the heart. So, uh, so that's the answer. Before Jesus counted to them as righteousness, if they knew about God, uh, obeying the natural law, if they didn't know about God, is how they'll be judged. All right. The next question a viewer would like to know is uh, where does it say in the Bible? you can fall from grace. always appreciate the where in the Bible questions uh, because we do our best in this program to point you where in, where in the Bible the, these answers are. And we can go directly to this verse and we'll look at it on the screen from the book of Galatians <laughs> chapter 5 verse 4. Paul wrote to the church at Galatia, <clears throat> You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Now, in the context there, uh, if you look at the bigger picture of chapter 5 and really the whole book, uh, Paul is addressing legalism and the desire of some to enforce and apply some of the Old Testament commands under the New Covenant and saying that these new uh, Gentile Christians had to abide by parts of the old law, including circumcision. And Paul's saying, no, 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 wait a second, we're, this is different. <laughs> we're under uh, the covenant of grace, and if you're trying to keep all the law perfectly, then you've fallen away from grace. Uh, now, uh, to answer the uh, maybe a larger question about the doctrine of uh, a once saved, always saved, uh, that's a very comforting doctrine. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's just not a biblical one. Uh, it is. Uh, there are many verses that indicate very clearly that you can fall uh, from grace and that you must be careful. Uh, now, there are people who take that too far as well, and they sort of believe in once saved, almost saved, and they never feel like they're saved, and they, they just live in perpetual fear of God to the point of being paralyzed. And that's not healthy either. We need to keep a balance uh, and a balanced view of these things and understanding that, yes, we're saved by grace, and yes, we need to always be mindful in how we walk and, and not uh, depend on our own works and also uh, not uh, be abusing the grace of Jesus Christ and, and just walking in sin. Now, this won't be on your screen, but you can look up at home, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, starting about verse 11, Paul writes these words. He says, These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has, has come. Verse 12, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He would also, will also provide a way out so that you may endure it. 
Now, to me, uh, if, if Paul gives this very serious warning to the church at Corinth and to the church at Galatia, it's something that we ought to bear in mind and, and just paying attention to how we walk and making sure that we don't fall. Uh, many people have come to Christ and have fallen away. And uh, we just have to be mindful of our own walk in Christ. So, yes, we're saved by grace. Can we fall from it? Uh, yes, we can choose to turn away from Christ. Uh, but that grace can never be taken from us if we uh, follow Him. Okay. All right. Common law marriage. We, I don't know if we've ever gotten a question about that before, but this viewer wants to know what does the Bible say about common law marriage? Well, that's a really easy question. The Bible doesn't say anything about it. Uh, just doesn't talk about it. So I guess I could quit there, but a viewer probably wants to know the concept of common law marriage. What's the Bible have to say about that? What's the principle? Uh, common law marriage, there's different laws and Different countries and different states even have different rules for what they consider common law marriage. Uh, basically, it started, I think, from what I've read uh, in the English common law that uh, there weren't always officials around or religious people to perform a ceremony. So if you lived in a small village in the outback, uh, you and your neighbor or lady decided to get married, you could start to live together as married, and uh, the legal people would count that as a common law marriage. Now, common law marriage laws always have certain things in them. Uh, one is that there's an intent uh, to live as a married couple, uh, and that you do live as married. It's not that you just visit each other on Friday night or something. It's you move in and live and act as married people and present yourself as a couple, a married couple. Uh, now, it's not just shacking up like a lot of people do today uh, to see how it works and try it out and all that. It's a decision that, yes, we're going to live together and be a couple. And if there's nobody around to make that legal the law says, okay, we'll count that as a common law marriage. Now, in the Bible, we really don't read anything about Bible cer or marriage ceremonies to speak of. Uh, people decided they had the intent to live together, to be a couple, to, to be married and take her as his wife and things like that. Uh, and we don't know what the ceremonies were like. Uh, but just because that hypothetical doesn't mean everybody ought to just have a common law marriage. Uh, would God recognize it? Quite possibly, if that's the situation you're in. But a couple of things for Christians to think about. Uh, marriage is supposed to be honorable in the sight of all. Uh, so we ought to always follow the laws. We ought to make sure our marriage is honorable. And there's not many hypothetical cases like that around today where you can't find a, a justice of the peace or a county clerk or somebody to make it legal. Uh, so we don't have that problem today. Uh, Christians are supposed to represent Christ well in everything we do. Uh, so certainly we ought to make marriages legal and and more importantly than that, we ought to enter into them with the intent uh, and the purpose that uh, we're going to love each other and become one flesh and be married for life and, and all of that. But yes, we ought to make it legal. Uh, so the principle of common law marriage, really not in the Bible, but uh, when we understand the laws, uh, 
I guess it could be possible in a hypothetical situation. <laughs> All right, let me take this moment and uh, tell you about some of our sponsors, some folks that help us stay on the air. And uh, that's the Churches of Christ in your area. Today we want to talk about the area of South Dakota, uh, one of our newer markets. We broadcast from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, the Southeastern Church of Christ there is the one that uh, got that started and helped us get that kicked off. But there are a number of other Churches of Christ close there that uh, help us stay on the air and support us. Uh, the church in Mitchell church in Watertown and the one in Brookings. If you live close to any of those communities, there's a Church of Christ uh, there and they know about this program and uh, watch it and support it and are interested in it. So uh, drop in and tell them that you heard about them on Know Your Bible and you just wanted to visit and give them a thank you. Uh, of course, if you're looking for a church home, uh, you'd find some folks that think and study a lot likely we do on this program about the Bible. So uh, I think you'd be warmly welcomed at any of those congregations of the Church of Christ. All right. Uh, sort of another where is it in the Bible question. A viewer asks, uh, does Hebrews 4.12 say something about how to tell your child to wait until marriage to get pregnant? And I've looked at uh, different translations of this, and they none of them say that in Hebrews 4, verse 12. Let's look at what it does say on the screen. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing soul, dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. We've talked about this uh, verse before, but it's not addressing that situ uh, situation. It's just addressing the power and the efficacy of, of God's Word in our lives. Now, there there is another verse that uh, will not be on the screen, but it's found in Hebrews uh, chapter 13, verse 4, and it says, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. That was the closest I could find to this situation you address from Hebrews. The Bible's very clear uh, about uh, that, uh, that pregnancy and sexual intimacy is designed to be within the covenant of marriage. Not a bad thing, but it's designed for marriage alone. And so uh, we're told many times in Scripture to uh, uh, run towards sexual purity and flee from sexual immorality. And, uh, and so that's the advice that I would give in that situation. So uh, that's my answer on that. All righty. Uh, verses like that that don't seem to be what the questioner was probably wondering about. Yeah. Uh, let me add this. Sometimes, of course, we got to go through a process. If you call and get one of our operators, they've got to write it down. Yeah. Uh, they might make a typo error there. Uh, if you leave a message on the uh, message machine, sometimes we can't quite hear them and yeah. all that. So there are lots of ways that... Uh, we can get a scripture wrong. Yep. Uh, if we do, give us a call back. Uh, send us another email and say, no, that wasn't what I meant. Uh, or if we give you an answer that's just off track, you know, because sometimes we get a question that we think, I think this is what the viewer wants to know. Uh, give us a call back and say, nope, here's what I'd really like to know. And we'll try to try to do better the next time. <laughs> so give us a second chance if we, if we mess up in some way. All right, let's make sure we get our trivia question answered today. A lady in the New Testament named Dorcas, she was known for something special, and she was a seamstress. Uh, her other name was Tabitha. They also called her that. Uh, and when she died, it said they mourned her because she had done so much good for people, and they were all showing the garments that she had made for them. Uh, she was a seamstress. We're glad you've been with us today. I'm going to invite you to be back next week on Know Your Bible. The
Know Your Bible has been presented by the Churches of Christ in your area. Churches of Christ are non-denominational, and each congregation is an independent group of Christians seeking to do God's will. Our goal is simple New Testament Christianity. We follow the Bible as our only guide. Contact us with any questions, and we encourage you to visit a Church of Christ near you.